Welcome to the cockpit. My name's Ryan. I'll be your pilot. I am joined alongside my co-pilots. I've got Green Bean, the Jets fan, and Matt O'Leary. Boys, how you doing? Green Bean, I'm going to throw it to you first. Oh, dude, I'm psyched up. It's the best time of the year, man. This is what we wait for. I'm ready to go. Matt O'Leary, how you doing, brother? Doing good. I had the uh, the off-season plan video drop today. Just Jets is recorded. Literally finished like two minutes before we started this show. So I'm just, I have <laughs> Jets takes in me. I'm fired up. I'm ready to go, man. Oh, nice. I love this. I love this. Guys, if you're just tuning in, make sure you hit that like button on the way in. For every 25 likes we get on this video, we're going to pick a qualifier to win a t-shirt at the end of this stream. And if you are watching this after the fact, just drop a comment on the video down below and you'll be entered into next week's t-shirt giveaway that we pick at the end of the stream. So let's go around. I don't want to spend too much time on this. The Jets wind up losing to the Bills 27 to 10. Um, final game of the season. For me, I'm taking this game. I'm crinkling it up and I'm throwing it out. Don't care about it. Not even going to watch the tape. Too many starters out. Nothing happening. Zach Wilson backpedaling the entire game. Doesn't mean anything to me. Let's hit the offseason. Green Bean, any thoughts on the game? Yeah, I was really a, a strong proponent of the extra 17th game. I just more football is better. I'm going to I'm going to turn back on that and say I didn't like this game at all. I didn't I didn't need it. I didn't like it. And in my opinion, it didn't happen. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, it was like what we had two of our offensive linemen. We were down to three total wide receivers, one of them named Tariq Black, who we never heard of. So it's like it's just one of those things. It's like I think it's. It'll be good toward the adversity piece that we've been trying to talk about all year. Other than that, man, uh, this is a this is a throwaway for me. Matt, what about you? How are you feeling about well, this past week's game? Yeah, you know it's bad when you go, who the fuck is number three? And you go look on the roster, he's <laughs> not even there. Like, <laughs> yeah. like oh, okay, phenomenal. Um, yeah, defense was, I'll give them some credit. They were competitive for like three quarters, but then, I mean, they're just on the field so much. They couldn't do anything at the end. And I don't know how we could possibly, you know, realistically judge Zach for that game with everything he's dealing with, with Dan Feeney snapping the ball all over the place. Connor McDermott, not knowing how to block. It was just, it was a lot. Uh, all right. So yeah, I completely agree. That, and that's just one of those things. It's just like, Hey, not even worth talking about. Let's move on. So let's talk about Zach Wilson's rookie season, our thoughts on that. I'll say this. If you had told me this is how his rookie season is going to start, I would say I am very upset. <laughs> I was not pleased based on my, my hopeful expectations of how I envisioned the season going based on how the last two seasons went. Um, that being said, I do think he got better from week one to now. I saw tangible growth both in the the mental side of things, the – the actual on-field play, he felt comfortable at the end of the uh, season with the exception of, of this past week's game. Uh, I have seen enough from Zach Wilson to feel comfortable or co maybe cautiously optimistic that we might really have our franchise quarterback of the future. And I am so excited that we get to see $70 million and a bunch of draft picks and the senior bowl stuff that we'll get into in just a little bit uh, kind of play out before us. And I think we're setting Zach up for a big year too. Uh, Green Bean, what are your thoughts on Zach's rookie season? 
Yeah, I love them, dude. And you guys know I wasn't I wasn't in the uh, you know, Zach at all costs camp. I was very uh trepidatious and all that. I liked them, but uh, I watched a guy who was um thrown into the fire, which is fine, but I watched him run around like a chicken with his head cut off and slowly but surely start to become a more precise, a more calm, a more collected uh quarterback. I mean, the the stat that he hasn't thrown a pick in his last five games and he against some of the stingiest uh you know um pluses in the takeaway category teams uh, in the nfl i think that 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 speaks volumes like you saw that i'm sure uh the joe douglas press conference and and samini who i'm starting to think uh these guys sincerely i know it's it's like it could be conspiracy but I think they really don't like Zach, like like as a person. Like I really am starting to believe that when you look at Samini's question, and he's like, uh, "So is Zach your starter? Like, what has he done? Like he he literally laughed and said, "Why?" And like the first thing is, no picks in five games, dude. As a rookie with no starters, uh, rotating wide receivers, the whole thing. Like the kid's done more than enough to warrant having faith that he's going to continue to progress his work ethic, all that sort of stuff. So, uh, look, he's, he sold me, dude. I was nervous. I, I, you know, I, the last thing I want is to use a second overall pick on another guy that sucks. You know what I mean? It's the last thing I want, but for me, it looked like, uh, it looked like he, he did what was necessary to overcome what he had to overcome and he overcame it. I mean, how many drops again this week? He's throwing lasers. This is three weeks in a row. He's throwing darts right into people's hands, and they can't hold on to it, man. And I don't know what that is. I mean, look, you got a guy running around for his first time. He's nervous. Sure. But still guys like like Keelan Cole, like Ty Johnson, they're still dropping passes. And if uh, we took all that away, they could be different games. And uh, I think Zach Wilson has, has done more than enough for Jets uh, fans to be confident that he's going to continue to improve, man. Matt, what about you? How are you feeling about Zach Wilson's rookie season? So um, it's funny. So I graded rookies this week on the channel and I gave him a B minus. And you would have thought that like I said he was the best rookie quarterback of all time that he's going to be, you know, Joe Namath reincarnated. But uh, it's the reason why I went there was because, yes, like statistically, if you just want to look at the box score, it's not very good. Nine touchdown passes to 11 interceptions. I get all that. But when you take into the full season, how much he significantly cut down on turnovers since coming back from injury, how he progressed. I uh, was able to do some of the easy stuff. Um, the the people he was working with, I mean, he lost his starting left tackle in week one, lost his starting center. Uh, number one wide receiver you pay to bring in here was awful at the start of the year and then gets hurt for the year. Elijah Moore banged up a bunch. Denzel Mims, the regression from hell. Like just, there were so many negatives here where I don't think, he got a fair shake at like a legitimate grade. So I feel like we have to grade on a curve almost, but like green bean said, I feel like he did enough where you can at least be excited about the potential that's there for next year with $60 million in cap space and four picks in the top 40 and stuff like that. Right. I completely agree. I think there is enough space and enough positive that we saw that we could be optimistic going into next year. Guys, I want to make a special note. Gary B. Gary B just became the newest member of the Jets Talk 24-7 family. Joined in the economy tier, brother. Thank you so much for helping out the channel. Boys and girls in the chat, make sure you drop some J-E-T-S in there for Gary. Welcome him on board. Woo. 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 Yeah. I was on last night with Joe Blewett, 
and uh, we were talking about grading the like all the rookie, not the rookies, but grading the team in general. And when I got to Zach, I had given him, I think I gave him a C is what it was. Cause like, ideally it's not, not the season I wanted to see from him, but given the, the lack of talent towards the other, the end of the season, like I started off like, uh Oh, for like half the season. And then I got to like, all right, he's starting to turn the corner. We're starting to look up. And I think for me, the part that gave me the most confidence was when Zach got hurt and Mike White stepped in, had like, had some amazing stats. Joe Flacco steps in, has some amazing stats. Josh Johnson steps in, has some amazing stats. So I knew the coaching staff was coaching the the offense the correct way. It was just the rookie trying to get out of his own way, making all these rookie mistakes. So now that I feel comfortable with the people that are in power on our team and the improvement that I saw from Zach over the course of the season, um, I'm you know very, very encouraged with uh, with what we're getting going into next year. And I guess that'll spin me over to this next point. Let's talk about the coaching staff because this is our first year with this new coaching staff. How do we feel they uh, they did overall? I would say for me, the I loved what we got out of John Benton. Our, is it Benton? Benton's the offensive line coach, right? Mm-hmm. Benton's the loved, line coach, yeah. Loved what we got from him this year. We've had guys shuffling in and out of the lineup. Our offensive line has been horrible for the duration of the last two years, we infused some talent onto it and we, we swapped guys in and out and we had a pretty strong offensive line right up until the, this last game here going against the number one defense in the bills. Uh, so I love what we got out of the offensive line. I would say the running backs and the, the weapons in general, I think are there. I just think that for some reason, they're all kind of in their own head um, with the whole dropsies and things of things of that nature. Uh, defensive coordinator wise, I have a tough time kind of, uh, piling on Ulbrich with the amount of talent that was devoid on that defensive side. You lose Joyner, you lose Blair, you lose, uh, Carl Lawson, you lose Vinnie Curry. Um, and then on top of it, you trade, yeah, you lose May, you you traded Mm -hmm. away like the only like strong defensive players you had in Jamal Adams and Leonard Williams, both the right trade, but, um, very much, uh, losing talent from that side of the, that side of the ball. Uh, so I, I would put him more as an incomplete, I think. Uh, LaFleur, loved it. Absolutely loved what we got from him. Uh, and then I would say Salah, while there was times that I was irritated with maybe certain time of possession, or not time of possession, but like when you're taking your timeouts, when to like call, man, I call certain plays, but just like there were certain things that kind of had me scratching my head a little bit early on that I feel like kind of, sort of got worked out. Like as a rookie head coach, he's kind of figuring it out as he goes, learning how to sort of delegate these responsibilities. Um, but overall, I, I like the coaching staff that we have here. I think, you know, if you want to give Ulbrich an F, I think that's fine. I understand that. But I, I think for me, it's I'm, I'm grading it on kind of a little bit of a curve. Uh, Greenbean, what are your thoughts on the coaching staff? And actually, before I go to that, we got another new member of the channel, TJ Big, TJ Big, becoming a member Woo. of the channel, brother. Thank you so much, guys. Drop the JETS in the chat for TJ. Love it. Thank you so much yeah. for helping the channel, brother. Uh, all right, Greenbean. Let's hear your thoughts on the coaching staff. Yeah, well, I think you said a couple things really well. You know, there were times uh, that I scratched my head a little bit, and I went, you know, maybe even secretly, just kind of like, oh shit, you know, here we here we go again. 
Um, but the truth is, is, and we did talk about this throughout the season. It's like, we're watching these people become this position. Like they've never done it before. Take into account the whole thing with Greg Knapp and all that, that had to throw them for a loop. They were all rookies and they bring a vet with them and he, and he passes away, you know, that, that had to be tough. So, uh, I really like what we saw from LaFleur. I like the switch to the booth. Um, I, I Benton is, I mean, look, dude, I mean, I have problems with his complexities. I mean, I, I still see guys missing assignments and all that. So maybe there's things that he could do, but the truth is, is we've had a bottom going into this game. So that's something, man. I mean, and look, PF, you will about stats and all that, but am I, am I, we got you a little in and out. You sound a little bit like a robot right now, but I do agree with what you were yeah. saying. I think, I think Nap. I, I think they did a good job. Absolutely a, uh, a a wrench in the equation. I think they. You're absolutely right with the young coaching staff just learning how to be coaches. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, overall I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with what at the end of the year I felt confident in Salah as a head coach. And I think that's uh that speaks volumes. A hundred percent. Matt, what about you? How do you grade the coaching staff? Um, like most of the team, there was some good and some bad. Um, so Mike LaFour pre-booth was D. Uh post booth probably an A. So what is that even? I guess a B on the year, probably. <laughs> sure. Um, Sal, I feel like a C, like C plus range. There's some things that I really like that Salah does. For instance, um, I think he's like a like a players coach, and players love you know playing for the guy. And I think his handling with the media is very good. Like I love his interviews. Um, I think he comes across as very smart, and he knows how to handle himself. Where Gase and Bulls, where their strong suit was not speaking. Um, and as far as the defensive coordinator, like Ulbrich's really hard for me to grade because of how many guys were out. Um, it was awful. Like the, it was downright disgraceful on defense, but it, it's, I don't know with the number of guys that was out, how, how could we give him a, a, a grade? We had guys no one heard of playing safety after you went and went out and signed the Marcus Joyner and you assumed that you had Marcus May on the franchise tag, but um, it, it was tough. So his grades, I guess, incomplete. We got another member of the channel joining us. Boys and girls, welcome Michael Wilkerson to the channel, brother. Thank you so much for supporting Jets Talk 24-7 at the panel. Make sure you drop some J-E-T-S in the chat for our newest member, Michael. Thank you so much, brother. Uh, always, always welcome. Um, yeah, coaching staff-wise, look, you know what? It's nice being in New York and not – like, we're a laughing stock. Like, I get it. But we're not the laughing stock that our brothers in the same household are in the Giants, who just moved on from their head coach today in Joe Judge. Uh, so we will get into that in a little bit. But I am I am definitely happy with where we are going currently okay, with, our, with our coaching staff. Uh, let's see. I see Brandon Frey drops in with a super chat. Brandon Frey. Um, he says, love you, Matt, especially since I'm from EOI. Uh, oh. But Carl Loftus is a big no-no. He won't be a finisher in the NFL. His arms are too short. I've heard the arms are too short argument. Matt, I know you like Carl Loftus. 
Yes. What are your uh, What are your thoughts on this? I guess. Um, I I I don't I don't buy it. Um, I think he's just he's a little bit different than some of the other edge rushers at the at the top of the class. For instance, Hutchinson and Thibodeau, and uh, even the other Michigan rusher. Oh, who is it? Away? No, he was just drafted last year. Who was the other Michigan rusher? Why am I blanking on his name? Ojibo, thank you. I knew someone to know. Um, but uh, I think he's someone. I saw a comparison. Someone tweeted out that he reminds him a lot of Justin Tuck uh, in terms of like he's going to be more of like the strength uh, yes. and like get off, get off me kind of rush and just pure power over uh, Lyman, where I, I think that would be a nice complementary to what you have on the other side because Lawson is more of the speed, the bendiness and stuff like that. So would I prefer either Hutchinson or Thibodeau? Of course, but with what else is available, I think you'd be a really nice piece on this defense. And we know that um, this defense in, in Salah and Ulbrich, they put such a effort and getting after the quarterback and the defensive line is so important. Uh, I really think they're going to look to either trade for one, sign one or draft one pretty damn early. So I think Karloftis is the next best one available. Yeah, when I was starting to do my my look into the draft, I'm looking at Carl Loftus, and I'm like, you know what? This guy would fit perfect opposite Carl Lawson because we're not necessarily trying to get two guys that are super bendy because that's not what Carl Loftus is. He's not like Thibodeau. Or right. Thibodeau. He's, he's very much, like you say, a, a, a similar to a Justin Tuck, I guess. Like that big imposing presence on the other side can contain but is also a bull rusher and will be able to blow guys backwards and will have guys on their heels. So I think that is definitely valuable and important. Um, you know Robert Sala wants to go after quarterbacks with just his front four. Uh, Greenbean, any thoughts on Carl Loftus? Why don't you give me five minutes and come yeah. back to me? I'm working That's on something. <laughs> Not a problem at all. Um, all right. Let's see. I'm going to pull that off the screen. Let's go to one more topic. Uh, that we got queued up. And that is the Jets found out today, and the rest of us found out today, maybe the Jets found out earlier than this, uh, that the Jets will be coaching this year's Senior Bowl. This is something the Jets were unable to do last year because of the new coaching change. So if you are a first-year head coach, they don't pick your team to uh, to represent them in the, in the Senior Bowl. Uh, and they don't, I guess, if there's sort of turmoil, because David Culley, technically the Texans should have been the other team with the Lions uh, at the top here. But for some reason, I guess they feel like his job is in jeopardy. And it, it seemed like that's how the, the media kind of took it as well. Uh, at his closing press conference, he was saying, oh, I, you know, at this point in time, I don't have any meetings planned with the owners or anything like that. So Jets wind up getting the bid. This is huge for us because the... 49ers in 2019, they coached the Senior Bowl. They selected four players in the draft from that Senior Bowl, that played in that Senior Bowl, and three of them wound up being starters, one of which was Debo Samuel in the second round, a player that I think Jets fans should definitely keep their eye on. Trey McBride, the tight end from Colorado State, uh, is going to be very, very important, I think, in the second round for us. And what's cool is we get to run all these players through our offense, or at least half the players because i guess they split it up into what north south or east west or however that winds up working um yeah no i'm uh, i'm looking forward to this i think this is huge for the new york jets i think this also makes our 
like fourth and fifth round picks significantly more valuable because you're going to have an inside track on some of these these seniors that would be going around those those draft picks where other teams are not going to see those extra looks. And especially with everything going on the, the last year or so, we don't know how interview processes are going to work. We don't know how pro days are going to work. We don't know how the combine is going to work. So this is important for the New York Jets. Uh, Matt, I want to get your thoughts on the senior bowl. Um, I'm excited to watch the Jets work with these guys. Like that's what they could really use it as almost like, like a unofficial tryout almost because there's going to be a lot of guys there. Like you mentioned, McBride, Jerry, Jeremy Ruckert, who I like a lot uh, is another tight end. He's from Long Island too, by the way. So there you go, like that. Um, But like, it, it is a big deal because you look at the 49ers when they were there, they found Debo Samuel in the second round. And I mean, Debo was there at the senior bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, This stuff happens all the time. And I think it's just, I don't know. It's a good opportunity. It's, you know, when you're usually at the bottom of the the league, you have the opportunity to go there and, and coach these guys. And due to, you know, weird circumstances, because the Texans don't know how to run a franchise, the Jets are going to be there. And look, I mean, is it unconventional? Sure. But I'll, I'll take it. It's, uh, it's not a bad thing. It could only look, be looked at as a positive of seeing more of these young prospects. So it's a good thing. What about you? How are you feeling about the senior bowl? So Karloftis, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it, man. I think it's amazing. As as we were talking about before the stream, our boy Ali from Loyal New York Jets fans uh, is down there as well. So we got one of our own in there, man, and it's and it it's a good thing. Um, I'm really hoping that a few of these guys, particularly Trey McBride, adheres themselves to the Jets. I want them to one of these guys, particularly him. I'm hoping that they fall in love with him and go, this is the guy we got to grab with our first, second round pick, like if he's there. And I I would like to see some of that benefit come out of this. There are a few more guys uh, that I'd like them to kind of nuzzle up to, but Trey McBride in particular, I think this is a great opportunity, man. I love this kind of thing. I think it's absolutely a positive for us and it's exciting. It makes me, uh, it's more of a priority to watch the whole Senior Bowl week. Now, don't forget, Phil Savage, our personnel guy, ran the Senior Bowl for X amount of years. So, dude, we got that. That's going to be our house for a week down there. I think Ryan's muted now. Yeah, I was like, wait a fuck. What happened? Am I okay? Where's Ryan? Oh no! <laughs> was yeah. I okay there, Matt? Yeah, you were. Yeah, fine. I heard you. Why could? Oh, I don't know what just happened. It's weird. I have Yeti selected, and then it's not working. I saw no audio bars jumping. Then I switch it to internal microphone, which is also my Yeti, and now it's working. So it doesn't make any sense. I don't understand it. But uh, TKO Steve says, "Green Bean, get off the AOL already." <laughs> that's the, that's what the chat was. Uh, TKO, like, wait, wait, wait. Dude, that joke is that that's a two year ago joke. Everybody it's, knows my situation, man. The fuck? It's all right. We love you. <laughs> Brandon Frey drops in with a super chat says Jalen Weidermeyer would be a great tight end. Weidermeyer, um, I looked up him. I forget what school he's from. Is he AM? Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Um, yeah, dude. Hey, we need tight end help all across the board. So I'm not upset with any direction they wind up going. Um, is this happening again? No, it's working. Okay. You guys, you guys are scared. Uh, Thomas Cahill says, how about Davis on the interception? 
from Georgia. Are you talking about last night? Is that what it was? Davis had the uh, – how about Davis on the interception? Is that what he's talking about? I don't know. We, I think they're the linebacker. I can't be talking about an interception from this past week's game. No. Right? I, I'm confused. Thomas, I don't know what they're I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Um all right. Donald June drops in with super chat. Thank you, Donald. Says, why Burks over Wilson? Ooh. Wilson better at creating separation, explosive and decent blocker. LaFleur system seems to prefer route technicians. You're not wrong at all. Um the reason I prefer Burks is definitely size. Um, I think I want to say Burks is around six three. I think is Wilson six one. Burks, six, I'm four? pretty sure is six four two twenty five. Okay, so yeah, the big bodiness is what I do like about this for sure. Um, you're not wrong. I do think that the Shanahan system and and Lafleur system do like the the technical aspect of route running and everything. I would say Jamison Williams, if the knee checks out from everything that happened last night, hopefully it's nothing. Torres ACL. Oh no! Oh, I didn't. I didn't see that. I knew he wasn't doing well, but he was like he wanted to go back in the game, and I guess they were like, "That's not happening. Get the hell out of here." Um, oh, that's disappointing. Now I don't know what to do. This is like, like Williamson was one, or Jamison Williams was one of those players that I was very uh, pro at number 10. Now I'm, now I'm a little concerned. Although, you know what I will say? Um, although let, let's answer, answer this question and then we'll go to everything else. So why Burks over Wilson? Size for me. That's what it is. Uh, Green Bean, any thoughts on Garrett Wilson or Traylon Burks? Matt, any thoughts on Traylon Burks or Garrett Wilson? Um, to me, Garrett Wilson's almost like, it'd be like having a carbon copy of Elijah Moore. So I think yeah. they would kind of just want, um, or at least I would want a different kind of receiver, um, to, I don't know, to add to it. I, I think Wilson probably is best suited for, um, in the slot and Elijah Moore is also probably best suited for in the slot. Um, I, I, I don't think he's a bad player and I wouldn't be upset. I agree. He is a route technician uh, and he's probably going to be a good receiver. I just, uh, I would rather get the guy who's going to be a massive red zone threat and be able to go up and actually win 50, 50 balls because Denzel Mims forgot how to play football and Corey Davis was mostly hurt this year. So um, to me, I think it's just something that's missing from their offense. I think they already have a lot of explosiveness. I don't think they have uh, someone who can go up and get the ball. And, uh, with Burks, like he's dangerous with the ball in his hands, but in a in a different way. Um, almost like you know, like when Anunua ran with the ball, he was tough yes. to bring down and stuff like that. That's what yeah, he's similar just, body structure. Yeah, just running style, not the rest of their game, but just with the ball in his hands. He reminds me of like when Anunua would get going and start, you know, breaking tackles think, and making my guys miss. I think that's that that's a good comparison because I think minus the the health concerns with Anunua. Um, that's what we wanted him to be, right? Like kind of that, uh, just that big body guy that catch seam passes, almost like a de facto tight end kind of. Um, now I do want us to bring in a tight end as well. Yep. Uh, but yeah, no, all, all good points. But that's exactly kind of where I fall on Wilson as well. It's not that he's a bad player. It's just that I don't want to go the route of like smaller-ish wide receiver. I'd rather, I'd rather go either speed to take the top off the defense, which 
you know, I'm sure he's going to test real well, but I think big bodied guys kind of where I, I tend to err uh, on that. Uh, Patrick Dunn drops in with super chat says with the New York giants in turmoil, I can see a new GM taking a quarterback at five. If Neil Thibodeau and Hutchinson are gone by four, can we find a quarterback hungry trade partner? Yes, we can Thomas or yes, we can Pat. <coughs> Ooh, sorry. Ooh, that was a big one. Attractive, right? That was a deep belly burp. Um, no, I look, I think the biggest factor in the Giants moving on from Joe Judge, one, it makes me feel like they're very much listening to the media and they're concerned with how people are perceiving them because everyone was dragging them through the dirt for holding on to Joe Judge. So that's why the move was made first and foremost. Now they're using it as like, hey, we, we're, we're going to have a clean slate, which is true. Um, but could the new GM want to come in and select his own quarterback? I think that's entirely possible. Um, it's also entirely possible that the new GM wants to see what he has in Daniel Jones before committing to another quarterback and using a, a high asset on that. So it could go either way there. I will say this. I'm going to try like hell to push the agenda of Giants taking a quarterback at five because I want either the Washington football team to jump up from 11 to four or I want Atlanta to jump up in front of the Giants and the Panthers. Uh, to take their quarterback because I would very much like to trade down from number four, but I'm not trading number four until I know Hutchinson and Thibodeau are all gone uh, because I would be pissed if we trade down if those guys wound up falling to number four. Matt, what are your thoughts on the Giants situation and everything going on with them getting a new head coach? Yeah, so it's uh, I hate to do another plug, but it's coming on tomorrow's show. There was a caller who was saying that we need to start this movement of just picking one quarterback and talking them up so that someone wants to trade up for them. And I think it's genius. I think mm -hmm. we either got to hop on the, the picket or yep. uh, corral maybe, or I don't know if we could talk Malik the, Willis up into a top five pick, but somebody. I think Malik we, Willis is going to be at the senior bowl, right? I'm pretty sure he's on the, uh, on the roster. I think you're right. Something. I'm pretty sure you're right. But yeah, that would be, that would be sick. If we could get some team wanting to trade up for a quarterback and then you get another first round pick next year, I'm, I'm on board. I like it. Yeah, 100%. Um, all right, Green Bean, good to have you back with us. Uh, we've got <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thomas Cahill. I'm going to try and see what you're trying to say because it looks like you're trying to say something, but you're just donating. Uh, either way, thank you so much. He donated two uh, $2 Super Chats. I just don't see any comment attached with them. Um, but thank you. Nonetheless, uh, Green Bean. So we're talking about Pat Dunn's Super Chat right now. Giants in turmoil. Uh, he says, I can see a new GM taking a quarterback at number five. If Neil, Thibodeau, and Hutch are gone by four, can we trade Ooh. to a quarterback-hungry trade partner? Yeah, I mean, I didn't even think of that yet. I'm just still, I'm still laughing at them. Um, you know, <laughs> it's like I haven't gotten, I got, I haven't gotten into the constructive, what does it mean part of it. Uh, it's funny because uh, I had some some really good friends of mine are Giants fans, as all of us probably have. Um, but uh, they were all telling me that there's no way Judge is getting fired. Gettleman's the problem. And I just said, dude, just watch. Watch what happens. If we do the stupid thing and keep the coach and force a new GM, and then let him. But uh, you know, we've already done that experiment for you. It doesn't work. And um, so I think it's really interesting. Uh, that Daniel Jones was a Dave Gettleman thing from the word go. Everybody said he was an he was an overdraft 
uh, a, just a severe reach uh, by Gettleman when he had picks. And it never really worked out. He flapped for moments, but I don't think any new regime coming in is going to look at Daniel Jones and think we're good. So they might want to, man. Never know how many times you're going to have a top five pick. Uh, you know, so they might want to jump and get a quarterback. So that we could totally play that and get teams to want to jump up. And it, I think it'll depend on whether or not those two edge rushers are gone. I think that we would stay up there for either one of them. But if they're gone, I think it's open for business. I'd love to see Joe Douglas trade back uh, if Hutch and Thibodeau aren't there. I think it's good. Good news. Yeah, I think that's kind of the route I fall as well. I would really like to see a trade down. Um, as much as I would take Karloftis at four, I think it would be depending on how you feel about Karloftis. If you'd like the edge, take him there. If you are having any sort of hesitancy, pull the trigger on the trade, get a first next year from Washington, make your pick at 10 and 11. And then, you know, if you get anything bonus on top of it, because technically point-wise, according to the value chart, 11 to 4 is about the equivalent of the top pick in the second round this year, which would be a first next year. Um, but there's going to be some type of tax for jumping in front of the division rival to get your quarterback. So remember that. Um, yeah. I will say this. If, well, I guess we'll, we'll save the draft talk. We talked because I, I see another super chat in here. Let's get to that. And then I'll, I'll, I'll start with uh, my thought processes on some of this. Mike Dalene. Dalene. Thank you so much for the super chat. He says, Jets need to re-sign Braxton Barrios. Yes. Re-sign Braxton Barrios. Uh, would love to see him back next year. I thought he was incredibly reliable. I think uh, health and reliability are two of the biggest, biggest, biggest factors uh, on any professional sports team, not just football. And Braxton Barrios has a lot of that. So make sure we keep him around. Green Bean, your thoughts on Barrios? Uh, hold on. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I like that the word came out that we're already working with him. I think he's expressed uh, happiness with being here. I think the Jets have expressed a really high level of support and appreciation for him from the coaches to Joe Douglas. And I think uh, don't let him get to free agency. Just come in with a, a strong deal. Don't try to nickel and dime him and say, hey, we think you're worth 2.1. Uh, for one year kind of bullshit. Like if they come in with a strong deal, whatever that is, I think that he's going to stay. And I think that's what we should do. We should keep those types of players around. Hardworking, blue-collar, do-anything guys. Keep them around. Show that you love them. And lock them up for four years, in my opinion. Matt, your thoughts on Braxton Barrios? Yeah, re-sign re him. Um, I think you should pay him, I don't know, about $5 million a year. Maybe um, I think he's probably going to be your your fourth receiver in a perfect world, and your kick returner and punt returner. Uh, he's a steady player who can come in and you feel comfortable with. So yeah, bring him back. I love that, uh, guys. For every twenty five likes we get on this video, we're going to pick a qualifier for a t shirt giveaway at the end of the stream. Right now, I've got Randy Martinez, liberal Irishman, Jets Forever, Jerome Stacks, uh, Julio Rivera. You guys have all been qualified for a t-shirt giveaway. Uh, just three more likes, and we're going to get a, another one. All right, let's have Nightbot pick a winner for us. Yeah, I got I got two mod bots in there. I got I got Streamlabs bot that's kicking everyone out for capital letters. <laughs> I got Nightbot that's just doing random things over there. Uh, Donald June. Donald 
June. You are qualified for our t-shirt giveaway as well. Uh, so we will definitely revisit that at the end of the stream. All right. Uh, where are we? William Donnelly. Thank you so much for the super chat. It says, flight crew. Michael Thomas for a second round pick. Saints in Capel. Top five wide receiver. Best hands in the league. Perfect fit. Drops must stop. Give Zach Wilson talent. I really like Michael Thomas a lot. Um, let me just see. I'm curious what his contract is because I, I don't know that offhand. Um, let's see. Teams, Saints. All right, so Michael Thomas's cap hit, if traded, um, would be cap hit. Oh, wow. I would trade him for, like, in a heartbeat. Uh, so – 15.3, 15.5, 18.5 for the next three years. 100%. Take our second round pick and absolutely take Michael Thomas. Um, yeah, but he's been injured for like three years, hasn't he? He's, Correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. Seven he's, games a year. Seven, yeah, seven games in no two way. years or yeah. seven games each year? Seven and two. He played zero this year. Played yeah, zero. think about that. Oh, he's seven played games seven in games two years. Two. Yeah, dude, no way. Fifteen million. If they do that, of course, I think the Saints will do it. They yeah. they don't want to pay him sixteen million dollars, and then you give them a second round pick to pay their their guy who doesn't play. I mean, I love it. He was my favorite receiver in the NFL. Well, between him and D Hop, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I wouldn't do it. You think, you think he's a no now? All right, all right. Now, what about you? What yeah. are you how are you feeling about Michael Thomas? Um. If this is 2017, this is a different conversation. The not playing, the not playing in two years really scares me. Um, it, it does. I, I don't think I could get a. I, I don't think I get around that. Okay, that's fair. Maybe it wouldn't even cost a second round pick. Like maybe other teams are are feeling the same way we're feeling, and it's, it drops his value a bit. I, there's going to be a few guys available for trade. I think Calvin Ridley's one. I think Michael Thomas is another. I think uh, Landry in Cleveland is is a target. I would definitely strongly consider if we could try to get him. And I've heard Brandon Cook's name kind of thrown out there a few times as someone who might be traded. I don't know if I'd go with Cooks per se, but uh, Landry's definitely one that I would be looking at. Um, let's see. Where's this other one? Uh, E-Rock. Is E-Rock? No, hold on. Let me find this. Sean. Nosekills. Nosekills dropping in with Super Chat. Says, repeat question, as promised, we restart the season with week one roster but week 18 Zach and he plays all games. What is the win loss record this season? This is a great question. Nose kills asked me this yesterday. Um, so we went four and 13 this year. I would say we go six and what would that be? Six and 11, six and 11 is how it was. What if we had week, you know, end of the season, Zach, with the the full roster at the beginning of the season. I think there's there's some games we win. Like, I think we do beat um, Carolina week one. Uh, I think there's probably some other ones in there that I'm just kind of leaving off there. I do think we wind up beating Cincinnati again with Zach because he, he started doing the check down stuff towards the end of the year. Um, so I would say six wins. That would be my answer. Uh, Green Bean, what about you? Where, how many, if you have Zach Wilson from the end of the year on the roster at the beginning of the year, how many wins does this Jet team have? Ten and ten wins. <laughs> uh, no, I think uh, I, I think uh, we would probably would we could have won that 
Carolina game, if if the team at the like the last quarter of the year played the Panthers, I think we might have been able to win that one. Uh, maybe two more, two three more tops or something. You know what I mean? That's what I think. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> that's fair. Matt, what about you? How many more wins do the Jets have if you have Zach Wilson from the end of the season at the beginning of this past season with everyone healthy? Um, then I think you probably are right around where we thought they'd be in the at the start of the year, like. I had them at seven and 10. I know a lot of people had them at six or seven wins. So probably right in that ballpark. I think I'm add, add two or three more to the total. I think that's fair. No skills. This is the kind of question that really intuitive thinkers come up with. So thank you. Hmm. This, this was a really, really good question. One of the better ones that we've seen over the course of the last few weeks. Uh, E-Rock Polk drops in with a super chat says, hope all is well, boys. Missed the streams. What a year. What's going to happen with Mims? And who do you want at four and ten? Oh, this is exciting. Now we're starting to get into some draft questions. Yeah. <laughs> I just get all sorts of excited for draft stuff. Um, well, E-Rock, we're glad to have you back. I'm sure you were you were bummed because the Jets stunk and you were like, oh, I'm not watching any Jets content, especially <laughs> bumping my microphone, especially that damn beat reporter that's always negative. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're, we're happy to have you back, E-Rock. Um, so what's going to happen with Denzel Mims? I think Denzel Mims ultimately gets cut. I don't think we're going to be able to trade him for anything. I would 100% try to move him to uh, Carolina with Matt Rule, um, but I would be surprised if uh, if we were able to. Greenbean, your thoughts on Denzel Mims? Well, I think uh, whatever happens with him, he it just they have to push a hard reset. You know what I mean? Like, so if they're going to just sit with him and say, hey, man, okay, the tactic that we tried, like the tough love kind of thing, it didn't work with with this particular player. It worked with other players. I don't know if they're going to rethink how they approach him, but we get a full offseason. You get a full training camp to see if you want to work him in. If they don't want to, and I get this, the suspicion that they don't, um, try to see what you can get for him. Like, like you guys were talking about maybe last week, uh, maybe package Mims for a Ridley, like Mims and a whatever, you know what I mean, for – for a Ridley, if he still wants to play football, I don't know what's going on with him or somebody, somebody that you can use and that the the coaching staff actually wants. Uh, I don't think Mims is done as a player. I know Jets fans are funny; uh, they like to write people off the second that there's adversity. I always wonder what would happen if we drafted Nick Bosa after two uh, college season-ending injuries, and then he got he went down year two in game two. What would they have thought about Nick Bosa? What would we have heard and endured that year about Nick Bosa? So I don't think, I think, look, he had a rough year. He's 23 years old. He's uber talented. Uh, there's a reason we liked him. It wasn't, it wasn't like reaching into the dark, trying to grab straws here. The kid's talented. So um, I don't know. I think it's probably that he's done here. Probably. I'd, I'd like to see him get another chance. He's cheap. Um, but I don't know. I think they'll probably try to trade him. Matt, what about you? What do you think about Mims? Um, I think I would like to see him get an opportunity in training camp and that be like the the deciding factor. Like if he comes in and looks like the same guy that he did this year, then you cut him yeah. and move on. That's it. But if he looks like the guy that um, you know, we saw as a rookie and that we saw coming out of Baylor, then keep him on the roster as I don't know, your fifth wide receiver. Because like Greenbean said, he's cheap. Um, and I don't like you, you don't go into next year planning on him being in like your rotation of three or four. But um, I think if you can, I don't know, perfect scenario, he looks like he did as a as a rookie and he's behind a wide receiver one, Davis, uh, Barrios, and more. 
then I think you could live with that. And what do we do at four and 10? So I'm taking Hutchinson or Thibodeau if they're there. If they're not there, I would strongly consider Neil. Um, if he's not there, then I'm probably looking, if I have to stay in the pick at either Carl Loftus or Kyle Hamilton. Um, but I would probably try like hell to trade down. I think you could get a really nice package of picks. By the time we get to the draft, I think there's going to be enough hype on a quarterback that either one goes before us and Hutchinson or Thibodeau are there for us to take, which I think is what is going to happen. Um, or someone's going to pull the trigger and jump up like Atlanta jumping the Panthers or Washington jumping the Giants. I think we just have to do our due diligence, due diligence and get people hyped up about this at number 10. If receivers are, are not necessarily feeling comfortable, like you don't want to go obviously Williams towards ACL um, and maybe you don't like any of the other receivers. I have zero problem, no problem at all taking Nakobe Dean out of Georgia. hundred percent. This yeah. guy plays like a heat-seeking missile, I think he's one of the best one of the best linebackers we've seen come out in a while. I have no problem taking him at number ten. Greenbean, your thoughts on number four and number ten? Yeah, I mean, look, nobody. I don't think anybody has done more to improve their draft stock than Nicobe Dean in the past few weeks, man. Uh, you know, it's kind of like what Hutchinson did in that two-week stretch uh, a couple weeks back. It was like everybody fell in love with him because of his performances, and I think Nicobe Dean just did that as well. Uh, I would have no problem with Nicobe Dean. Uh, I think my – look, optimally, I'm hoping I'm hoping that the Jacksonville Jaguars take, you know, Evan Neal or, or, or whoever, some offensive lineman. I'm hoping that the Texans want some offense, and I'm hoping that one of these two pass rushers that I think they really like will slip if not then if they like Karloftis I'm fine with Karloftis I don't I don't think he's necessarily on the same tier as as the other two but I think he could be good um so I'm hoping that one of the pass rushers slide to four if not the way I see it is you draft the best a player available at a position of need and Hamilton is light years ahead of the rest of the guys in in the class so I would be fine with just grabbing Hamilton and if you like Ojabo as an edge rusher, fine. If you like Nicobe Dean, fine. If you want to go uh, another direction, like wide receiver, that sucks about the Alabama kid, though, man. You hate seeing that. Um, yeah. But uh, it's just the worst, dude. I mean, I, I absolutely despise seeing that stuff. It breaks my heart. It's like that movie, The Program. Right? You remember that movie, The Program? Oh, yeah. 100%. Remember that? Remember that? Uh, the guy, he bought his mother the uh, the door knocker for the house. He was going to buy her next year when he turns pro and then he blew out his knee and he's, and his career was over. So anyway, it just, it just hurts, you know, to see that. And um, so I don't know if they want to go wide receiver or something, but for me, I'm sticking with defense in the first round. That, that, that's just me. Uh, I see our buddy. Let's talk. Lions is in the chat. I don't know if he's still there. I, I'm just scrolling past his comment. Uh, my buddy Jay from let's talk lions, really good Lions channel. He says, we'll see you at the senior bowl. I love it, Jay. We got to get you on. Yeah, we'll get you on here sometime soon. Hey, who does he hear. think they're picking, Ryan? Who, who does he exactly think they're picking? That's exactly what I want to know. I th I think Man. he wants Hutchinson. He wants Hutchinson. I, yeah. I would bet I my bottom dollar. I would think <laughs> we have to hope that Jacksonville wants an offensive lineman to protect their franchise quarterback because they've taken two edge rushers in the last four years, um, and then we got to hope Detroit falls in love with the quarterback. So one of the edges is there for us at four. That's probably where I'm looking yeah. at. Ooh. 
I would hope so. I'm I'm frozen right now. So I'm going to try and turn Are off you? my uh, my. Face. Yeah. So he had a Never. torn ACL, right? Williams is not right. what they said it was. Oh, right. Yeah, no, I'm here. I'm I'm, I'm here. The Don't camera, the battery. I got it. You know, oh. it wasn't a battery. It was just like it said some oh, no. weird error that I've never seen before. Um, Matt, your thoughts on picks four and ten? Um, see, there's a lot of ways the Jets can go, and I could be happy with it. Um, I, I, it's, it's not like last year everyone knew the first pick was going to be a quarterback. The year before that, everyone yeah. knew it was going to be an offensive lineman. Uh, and then you knew it was either going to be Quinn and Williams or, uh, Josh Allen. And then you knew it was going to be a quarterback the year before that. But this year, I feel like there's a legitimate discussion you could have. Um, I would probably say I'm between Neil or, um, Carl Loftus at four, assuming, um, Thibodeau or Hutchinson are gone. I, that's the direction I would go there. And I'm still, I would still like to go wide receiver at the Seattle pick, um, I don't think it could be Williams. I think his stock is going to drop because I mean, he mm. has to recover now from an ACL injury. Um, I think it's either Burks or Wilson. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what winds up happening, how far Williams falls and where you're willing to pull the trigger on that. The jets have a lot of draft picks. So if you decide like, Hey, we're going to bring in someone uh, earlier on, I don't know if, if second round is where he goes, or if you're talking third, but if he's there in the third, hundred percent, I'm pulling the trigger. Um, second, I have a tough time pulling a trigger on a second just because of the injury and how many needs we have. I, I don't know if the Jets can make it that particular type of move. Um, Matt, is there a spot you would take Williams? Um, I don't think that he's going to fall as far as some people are assuming. Like, he still could be a like a team that could afford to take a risk might do it at the end of the first round. Like, I don't know, with the Kansas the City Patriots, Chiefs, yeah, the Patriots, <laughs> the Chiefs, um, the Saints, like teams like that, I think might be more willing to take that risk because their rosters are so much further ahead than some of these other teams at the top of the draft. Um, so I don't think he falls to the second round. I could be completely wrong, but I, I, I think I'd be surprised if he did. What about you, Greenbean? You think, is there a spot you would like to see Williams taken? Or do you think he falls to a certain spot with the ACL injury? Uh, well, if they anybody drafting him is going to know that more than, I mean, this is late in the in the process here. So he's probably, he might not even be ready for like training camp. So then you're talking about your first round pick not being ready for a full rookie season and all that. I, I could see him going to the second, sadly. And it sucks. He was more than likely the first wide receiver off the board. Um, but uh, I think I, I like what Matt said. Like later in the in the draft, you can see teams that have a little bit more established of a roster. They're going to bet on his overall talent and all that. But uh, I could see it. I could see him slide to the uh, to the, to the second round. I, I don't think he's going further than that, though. If he falls the second round, I'm probably okay pulling the trigger at that point. Like even if we had traded. Mm -hmm. Or, or done something, uh, I don't know. God, that's a tough question. Uh, Thomas Cahill drops in the Super Chat, says, Hey, Greenbean, what about Jordan Davis for interior defensive line 630, or sorry, 360 pounds? <laughs> words, are, words are hard to make. It's, it's, these IPAs are, are getting me right now. Um, interior defensive line, 360 pounds, six foot seven, runs 20 miles an hour. To put that in perspective, Zach Wilson ran over 19 miles an hour on his touchdown run. Uh, the long one that he had. Uh, Green Bean, do you know Jordan Davis, and uh, are you yeah. interested in him? 
Uh, no, I, I we were talking about it a little bit in the chat. I would hate to see us draft a defensive tackle. I know people are talking about losing Fadu Kasi. Um, and even if we do, we still got Kyle Phillips, Jonathan Marshall, uh, Nathan Shepard, Rankins, Quinnen Williams. Like it's just an area that we're strong in. I think what that defensive line needs is the end. Like we need the edge rushers. We were missing Carl Lawson and Vinnie Curry and ultimately Bryce Huff. Like those guys all went out. The interior stayed largely pretty healthy uh, overall, but they were they were outmatched. You know, like Quinnen's getting doubled and and everything. So if we let Fadu Kasi leave, we still have young guys that are ready to step up. I would hate to see us use a a, a premium resource on a defensive tackle this year. Um, I, I like, I mean, look, and then you got to, I got to ask what's his 10 yard split. He's not going to get it many chances to run 20 miles an hour down the sideline. Uh, maybe <laughs> once, once a year, you're like, holy shit, that guy's fast. But it's, <laughs> you know, it's all about the first 10 yards, man. Um, so who knows how long does he take to get that big engine cooking? You know, he's on a Tesla, I'm sure. So, uh, yeah, I mean. I don't. Uh, I just really don't want to see him. If we, if we like last year, if we're at the end of the draft and the best player there is a super athletic defensive tackle, got the right size, got the right temperament for who we want, sure, bring him in. Uh, but I would hate to see us. That's the unit that's strong. Even though they got outmatched at the end of the year, I put that on the fact that we had no around the. We had nobody coming from the edge. Man, Shaq Lawson is fine. He does. You know, he's a good rotational maybe depth piece. Um, but uh, we missed Carl Lawson. We missed Vinnie Curry. That rotation. We we missed Bryce Huff, and uh, and I think that that's where we should focus our resources. Matt, any thoughts on Jordan Davis at all? I would be very upset if they took Jordan Davis in the first round. <laughs> I mean, because that's where he's going, right? He's probably going to be a top, yeah. I don't know, twenty-five pick, maybe somewhere in like the teens to early twenties. Uh, they they can't draft another interior defensive lineman. They just can't do it. I would go on a infant punching rampage. Yeah. <laughs> not good. Not good. Uh, Sean, thank you for the super chat. Says if Hutchinson and Thibodeau are gone, can we get to come to an agreement? Is it Thibodeau or Thibodeau? I just called it Thibodeau and then people got upset with me. So I start calling Thibodeau. Matt. Fibby. I don't know. Fibby. I'm not, I'm We're calling Thibodeau. We're call, going Thibodeau. Frenchie. Either that's or. what it's a. Thibodeau. 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 Sounds like you have. Peanut butter stuck to the roof of your mouth. <laughs> well, that was good. I liked that. I love Talladega Nights. Oh, God. So <laughs> Ricky great. Booby. Ricky Booby. Um, all right. Sorry. Sidetrack. If Hutchinson and <laughs> that French guy are gone, what about swapping picks with Atlanta for Calvin Ridley? So for those of you wondering, I had this pulled up. Let me just Where are they picking? Get back to. Uh, they're picking at eight. Uh, Atlanta is eight right now. So that's 1,400 points to jump up to four, which is 1,800 points. So it's a difference of 400 points, which is equivalent to the 50th pick in the draft. Yeah, um, but we're going to call second. that a high second because the Jets have the number 35 pick. So let's say it's a high second. That's, that, that is going to be the tax you pay to jump in front. 100% if Calvin Ridley is healthy and ready to go, no questions asked, and I, I, I am 100% making this trade if those two edge rushers are gone. I'll take the wide receiver, and then if I have 8 and 10, you got a good shot at getting either Icky, the, the guard slash tackle. Ooh, sorry. Guard Icky. slash tackle. Icky. Oh, guard oh slash okay, tackle. okay. Yeah, guard slash tackle from uh, NC State. 
or Linderbaum, or, you know, it's, there's going to be a few options down there. Nicobe Dean, maybe you'd pull the trigger at him at eight, and then maybe you grab someone else at uh, 10. But I would 100% upgrade our wide receiver room while trading down uh, in the draft without giving up any draft picks. Greenbean, your thoughts. If the two edge rushers are gone, would you swap picks with Atlanta for Ridley? If the two edge rushers are gone, um, I have to evaluate that value versus whatever else I want. So, like, for example, I really want Hamilton. Um, yeah, I mean, look, would I give a second-round pick for Ridley if he checks out? I mean, did what was that stuff? Did we find out the details of why he needed the mental health break uh, so it's, down in it's it? kind of – it's up in the air. I haven't heard. It seems like it's been crickets from Ridley and the uh, the Falcons right now. Um, he said he, I think on his Twitter post, he needed to step away and take some time for himself. Um, there yeah. was some speculation that he didn't like the coaching change and, and th- he wasn't happy in Atlanta. That is a little more scary, I think, because I, I think Joe Douglas likes his leaders. And I think if he... Totally quit on his team using the disguise of mental health as the right the reason totally. I, I don't think you touch him at all um that's my thought and yeah, can you imagine if, ryan but dude, if, elijah you, moore, with the new york media yeah well that's just it and, and you know what's cool is elijah moore um helped aj brown so i think there is a situation where if there is legitimate mental health concerns going on i think there's there's enough clout and credibility uh to more that i think there could be you know, some, some, uh, consideration for, for that type of move, even if there's maybe some, some issues that he's trying to, to deal with there. Uh, so I'm sorry, Green Boom. did you say you wanted to swap or no? No, I mean, look, I would absolutely consider it. Nobody's going to say that he's not a great player, right? Like, so that's, that's not even in the discussion, but if you have a guy that, like you just said, if he's using the um depressed thing or whatever because he doesn't like the coach, like that's that's not the that's not the character that this that this team is trying to build. And in addition to that, if he needs a mental health break in Atlanta, how's he gonna how's he gonna deal with Rich Semini making up stories about him? Oh, you know, he came in, he was uh he was two hundred pounds overweight, and then all the fans freak out, and all, and people are tweeting him, "Hey, man, get on the fucking treadmill, man!" Like whatever's going on. Like, how's he going to deal with us? Quite frankly, if he can't deal with Atlanta, my thought is, um, he's not going to be able to deal with us. That all said, if it's legit, you guys know how I am with mental health. You know, I'm a firm, firm supporter um, of of getting that sort of stuff taken care of, and without. Yeah. Hey, you know what? If he's, uh, there's a lot of issues that could or could not happen. Like say he wears socks to bed. That's a, that's a no go for me. I'm sorry. Socks to bed is a, is a no, (laughs) I gotta have no socks on one leg out of the covers. Matt, your thoughts on swapping picks in, uh, with Atlanta to get Calvin Ridley. If the two edge rushers are gone. Um, it's something I would strongly consider and we'd have to kind of get a, um, a feel from, uh, Ridley on on his on his well-being where where he's at right and the thing is we don't know um unfortunately I think there's too much speculation that goes on uh with this I think we should believe the player until proven otherwise like I don't know it, it's not it's to me it's not similar to the Jamal situation because he very clearly wanted out and then like six months later was like oh yeah by the way mental health yeah, um, exactly uh, so if he if he is good to go, then I mean this is an all pro K 
caliber receiver. He put up 1,400 yards. He's had over seven touchdowns in his first three years in the league. Um, I know every person is different too, by the way, with mental health. So it's not like one scenario is like another. But uh, to compare sports for a second, um, there was a player in NHL, uh, a goalie, Robin Leonard, who very was very open and honest about his uh, mental health and like drug addiction during his time in Buffalo. Signed with the Islanders, so a New York team, and he's his quote is that the Islanders and their fans saved his life because they all were able to, you know, rally around him and support him and stuff like that. So I don't really like the idea of if he can't handle Atlanta, he can't handle New York. I don't think that there, there's a, a, a correlation there. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's really again, it's every person is different and he knows himself the best. So if he thought that he had to step away and then decides, okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm ready to go. Then I would be willing to do it, especially because you're not really giving up a pick. Yes. You're moving down, but you would still have your two first and you would still have your two seconds. So to me worth the risk. I think you are a hundred percent correct here. Um, whoops. Sorry. I'm trying to click on things as things fly by. Um, disregard Papa. Thank you so much for the super chat says, I personally think the Jets should get an offensive lineman and a safety with their first two picks. Do you all agree? Hmm. I don't know. If they legitimately deem Hutchinson or uh, Hamilton as a generational safety and Douglas is 100% on board, the way I've seen him not offer May a lot of money and, and ship Jamal Adams out, uh, and then he's taken a safety in the third round, I would be pretty surprised if we wound up making that type of move. But if Douglas signs off on it, I'm 100% on board because I trust this guy's judgment on talent. And if if you have a guy that can play all three levels of the defense and play it at a very high level in Hamilton, uh, I think you have a chess piece that is the equivalent of a queen, and I would be all about it. Offensive lineman-wise, I'm definitely more on the offensive lineman train, especially now that LDT – may go back to to being a doctor as opposed to um, playing in the NFL. And for those of you that are saying, hey, he always has time to be a doctor afterwards, um, just so you guys know, he is certified, I believe, in Canada. And you have a certain amount of time before that license expires. So he needs to do that. Otherwise, he cannot be a doctor after his NFL career. So that is that's that's where that sort of caveat comes in. Um, Matt, what are your thoughts on offensive linemen and safety with our first two picks? Offensive line, yes. Safety, no shot. Um, I think there's too many good day two safeties to use a, a top 10 pick on one. Sorry. No, I, hey, I, I think that's fair. That's exactly where I was uh, ahead of time. Like at the, at the very beginning of the season, I kind of like I have changed my thought process a little bit since then. Um, guys, I want to reemphasize. For every 25 likes we get on this video, we're going to pick a qualifier for our end of the stream t-shirt giveaway. And as of right now, I've got Randy Martinez, Liberal Irishman, Jets Forever, Jerome Stacks, Julio Rivera, and then we just added Donald June, Mr. Magics, My Lawrence 24 and Joe Campone. You guys are all qualified for our t-shirt giveaway, so make sure you hit that like button on the way in. And if you're watching this after the fact, make sure you leave a comment on this video afterwards. If you leave multiple comments, guess what? Greenbean and Matt don't necessarily notice that, and they might pick your name. So you can leave as many comments as you want, and you may wind up getting qualified because of it. Um, I see Greenbean's trying to come in. There he goes. Here we go. Here's our boy, Greenbean. 
Greenbean, your thoughts mm. on offensive linemen and safety with our first round picks? Um, well, I want to tell everybody that uh, picking a center in the top 10 has the second highest bust rate over the last 25 years. So we got to consider that, all you Linderbaum fanatics. Uh, so that's just something to consider. Safety, on the other hand, has uh, the second to lowest bust rate the last 25 years. So there's that. Um, but yeah, I'm all about offensive line, man. I just don't think that we need to do it with the first round picks. Like that's a new phenomenon. Like for 20, 30 years, like it was a known thing, like left tackles and stuff up top, but it was rarely guard centers were in the first round. It was like one each year. Second to fourth round is where you want to start piling up your interior offensive linemen. And this draft happens to be I mean, there, there's a bunch, man. There's a lot of good linemen. Now, I'm just beginning my my little evaluation process and what I do every year. But, dude, there are so many stout interior offensive linemen, and I think we should absolutely get one with one of our seconds or our third, depending on how the board breaks and everything. But uh, I would not want to see us grab an offensive lineman with our first-round pick for the third year in a row. I just think that we need to – you need to start – building a team you know uh with other places edge cornerback safety uh linebacker like we need some of those fellas you know yeah 100 percent um i do want to point out i just saw it in the chat let me see if i could find it i was talking about how ldt uh might want to go back and become a doctor or go back to being a doctor um this offseason so offensive line may be more of an issue but mm. the um I don't know where it is. What about Cam Clark? So that's hold on. So I just found the comment. So where is it? Ron uh, Malake. I'm definitely pronouncing that wrong. He says, yeah, LDC will try to get an extension in Canada. If jets want him back. I think he's going to try and file for that anyway. Cause I think it's enough of an extenuating circumstance. Like, Hey, the board should let him uh, forego being a doctor right now until he's done with his NFL career. Cause it's not his intelligence. That's a factor. It's the, you know, he's clearly showed the aptitude to, to move on from football, to be a doctor like we saw last year. Um, so I would be surprised if they didn't grant him that extension, but if he doesn't get it, I think there's a real good shot that uh, Jets are going to have to be looking for uh, an offensive lineman nice and early. Um, let's see. Where did I have that other comment? Chris Bucco drops in. Oh, I see another comment. Nice hat. Thank you. I am assuming you're talking about me and not Greenbean. Greenbean's got a beautiful hat as well. Um, it's you. It's if, you. If I <laughs> have not linked it, uh, I believe there's an Amazon affiliate link for the pilot hat in my description. If it's not, look no. back at one of my videos um, within the last like five days or so. There should be a, a affiliate link, which helps out the channel a little bit and it doesn't cost you anything uh to use it uh chris buka drops in with super chat thank you chris says i need trey mcbride in the second maybe yes i 100 percent agree yeah Matt, you want trey, trey mcbride i know green bean does uh not in the second what? Uh, i don't what no i don't think he's a top 40 pick oh okay 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 see how it is uh you know that's just a jerk but you know if we can get him in the third i'm all hmm. about that we can yeah. our... ask <laughs> though matt ryan ask him or maybe I could just ask him, but uh, you know, who is there? Are are there any tight ends that you consider being a top forty pick? Ooh, good question. No. There you there, go. There's not. There's not one that that I would. I think McBride's probably the best yeah. one, but I don't know if I would. I would take him there. I think you can get 
a good one in the third round. I, I don't mm. know if McBride will be there, but I think Ruckert could or um, totally Wisconsin. Who's the Wisconsin tight end? Ferguson. Got me. Oh, I don't I know. Don't know. I, I only know Weidemeyer. I know. Uh, I like uh, Charlie Kolar. Okay, yeah, yeah, Kolar from Iowa State. Yeah, oh, there's a lot of them, right, Matt? Yeah, I would rather go. I think I'd rather go on the defense in the second round, like linebacker safety. That's what I'm looking for with those two picks. Uh, Kool Aids, thank you for the super chat. Drops in and says, "I hope Mosley retires with the Jets. He's a great vet for the defense, and we are lacking that right now. Draft Dean and let him learn. Go Jets. I would 100% endorse a pickup, Nicobe Dean. Um, I would love if CJ Mosley signed a restructured deal." that didn't pay him $17.5 million to stay here. Um, if we have to pay him one additional year, which is this next year, and then he renegotiates to a, a reasonable sum of money, I have no problem with that. I think C.J. Mosley is really good, especially after two years off. I think he looked worse than he actually is because he knows we don't have safety help uh, in the back, and I think he was kind of stuck in that weird middle ground. So – I, I have no problem with Mosley staying a Jet. I think he's got the work ethic. I think he's got the leadership. It's it's the money issue that I have an issue with. Um, Greenbean, your thoughts on Mosley? Yeah, I agree, man. I mean, look, he was one of our big question marks. We had tons of hopes for him, but we haven't seen him in two years. Uh, he had a tweet that said, I hope I can find the fire again. So he, he was really somewhere else for a long time, and he came back in. And uh, while I do think he's overpaid, I just think that's an incredible salary. Uh, I think that he at least tried to make it so he earned the salary. He he had a couple dips as far as the games this year, but overall, he was all over the place, man. Sideline to sideline, he hits like a like a brick shit house. And I think that if we give him some help, so he only has to cover one half of the field, I think that would be incredible. And I agree, man. I would love to have those guys. Like it's been so long. Since we just had a guy who's a jet, you know what I mean? He's the face of our defense. Like he's a, he's our middle linebacker and he's just there for six, seven, eight years and retires a jet. I would like to see that. And I think CJ Mosley is a good candidate. You saw his uh, comments this week after he was voted MVP. He said, Hey man, uh, we'd like guys that want to go through adversity, want to turn a bad thing around. If you, if you have negativity and all that, don't even come here. And and I like that man. I I like that he's speaking out in that capacity. And I uh, I'm a CJ Mosley fan, so I'd like to see him stay as well. But I think you're right, Ryan. We got to do something with that contract. Yeah, he, the one thing I really like that he said is he wants to be a recruiter for the New York Jets, and I think that's something that we did lose from uh, losing Jamal. Jamal was someone that was integral in pulling Le'Veon Bell here. Um, so I do think I would love to see more players try to recruit other players because that is the best as a boss in my particular field the best way to find other employees is through employee recommendations like hey my best buddy he works over there he's really good he's got this skill this skill this skill then at least there's a little bit of ownership on the player or the individual the employee to say like okay hey look i brought in a bad employee like i made a mistake like or hey i need you to to do better i've had both happen there's not too many opportunities that i've seen where like it's it's been in the negative, but like it does happen. Matt, what are your thoughts on uh, Mosley? Yeah, I definitely think he's a leader on this defense. Um, we'll have to see how he plays next. Like, I definitely think he has to be on the roster next year. Um, uh, how many years does he have left on his deal? Two. 
He's three. a three. Yeah, he's because he opted out last year, so it, it pushed That's it right. back. That's right. Um, yeah, but I, I, I think I, I think though. Um, so, no, I was going to say, I think the last year can be, we can get out of it though. So really two, even though it's three, I think it's something like that. Next year we can get out of it. Like after this year, I believe it's a $3 million dead cap hit. Um, and it's not that bad. Gotcha. With the sitting out the year, it always threw me off with trying to remember yeah. which year was what, but um, I think you take it one year at a time with him. I thought he was pretty good this year, especially early on, but I think he got like tired as the year went on. Uh, because I mean, he really hasn't played in two years, but I definitely keep him on the roster next year and then reevaluate from there. If it looks like he's continuing to play at a similar level, then yeah, keep him around. Um, I, I don't know what kind of cost it would be to resign him after this next deal is over. That's a couple years away, but um, I definitely think he's going to be on the team next year and think he could be a you know a good veteran to teach some of these younger guys. 100%. He'd be a great role model for Nicobe Dean. RJ McPot drops in with Super Chat. Thank you, brother. He says, keep pumping great quarterback propaganda for that yeah. feedback. You're damn right. We're going to be trying all <laughs> offseason long. So you guys need to help us out. You need to retweet. You need to talk about it. You need to comment about it. 100%. This is where we need to be going because we want to have the opportunity for a trade back if we want it. Uh, ZZ Gable drops in with Super Chat. Says, majority of the top number one wide receivers are not first round picks. I would love Burks, but why not look for a wide receiver upside late and take defensive talent at the top of the draft? Um, yeah, dude, Jameson Williams was a hundred percent the guy I wanted to get at 10. Um, I would say that has changed with the ACL injury. And I saw someone said, Ryan, how did you not know he had an ACL injury? I knew he had a knee injury, I was on live when it happened. We were talking about it on stream, um, but we did not know if it was confirmed ACL because he walked off under his own power. He wanted to come back in the game, but I guess it is confirmed. Um, I really like Jameson Williams a lot. I think he's an elite wide receiver, so it's going to be interesting to see what winds up happening uh, with him. Now, I will say this. Uh, the wide receivers, I was on the same page with. I don't think there is a Waddle. I don't think there is a Jamar Chase. I do not think there's a Devontae Smith in this class. Maybe Devontae Smith and Jameson Williams close speed-wise. Um, Devontae Smith, I would say, is a better route runner. I don't think there is a Judy, a Ruggs, a Lamb in this class either. I do think that this class mm -hmm. is a little bit weaker. I, I think it's it's got some depth to it, but it's not as strong top-heavy like it was last year. Um, with Williams going down, I would say I am much more in favor of using that second pick that number 10 pick with either defense or offensive line. Um, I would say someone like a Nakobe Dean is, is very high up on my list right now. I would say he would probably be, probably be my number 10 pick um, without knowing what the rest of the board shakes out. Like um, the first pick, I still want edge rusher, but I'm open to a trade down. And if it would really suck, like I, God, I really hope an edge rusher is there because <laughs> I, I want an edge rusher, but I also want N'Kobe Dean and I don't want to have to trade out and then get N'Kobe Dean and then maybe not get an edge rusher or maybe get one that's like a lot, a lot different. I don't know. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on the majority of the wide receivers in this class? Um, what are your thoughts? It's risky. Um, I think it's risky to, to wait because um, you don't know, you don't know what you're going to get. How many times have we seen the Jets try this with mid-round receivers and get nothing out of it? Um, 
don't know. I just think you're more likely to find a quality receiver at the top of the draft. And especially like maybe it's recency bias, but last year there were so many guys at the top of the draft who were immediate impact guys for their team. Um, even into, I guess, pick 34 with Elijah Moore, but um, just even Kadarius Tony, when he was on the field, I thought he was good for the Giants. Um, Where did St. Brown get drafted? Second round? Third round? I think so. Right so, around yeah, there. He was, he was great this year, too. He was great. Jamar Chase, obviously, had an impact. Devontae Smith was good right away. Uh, Jalen Waddle was good right away. Um, so I get it. Like I, I hear that argument for sure, but um, I don't know. I'd, I'd want more of a short thing. I think. Uh, Greenbean, your thoughts on the wide receivers in the first round? Well, you got to remember too. Like the last two years were two of the strongest, if not the strongest, wide receiver classes since two thousand and what was it, fourteen? I think it was two thousand fourteen. That was the Beckham, you know, uh, Brandon Cooks, all those guys. Uh, so when you look at the guys that we're talking about in the first round this year, you have to look at where they would be in last two years drafts, like, like you were kind of doing Ryan. It's like, you no, know, where would these guys be taken in last year's draft? And the truth is, is that they would probably be back there in the second round. So that's what you like, like you don't want to get caught up in the best guy in this class being the best fit. Now, I, I get what Matt's saying, especially with second rounds. It's like, look, as much as we love our second round picks and I'm happy we have two of them, dude, we we suck in the second round. I mean, that shit goes back 20 years. I mean, we just can't find somebody in the second. It's very rare. We have Marcus May. Hopefully, Elijah Moore works out. It seems like he's uber talented, but don't forget he was hurt a few times this year, didn't finish the year. So, you know, talent has never been the issue. Whatever hell's going on with Mims, uh, we've had injuries before. Like Devin Smith almost never got on the field for us. So, um, you know, it's a, it's definitely a risk. At the same time, I'd like to look at what's really special in this class. And it, it just so happens that the defensive edge rushers are special and the safety class is being considered special, uh, this class. So I'd rather get somebody that's like would be the best it, like they're the best in this class and they would be one of the best in, in any class. Like that's, that's kind of how I look at it. That said, I don't really have all my numbers and stuff yet, but um, I'd like to get a receiver. I just don't know if I want to use a first round pick for it. I think that's fair. Uh, I see a few comments. So uh, Drupa Cabra says, you guys know nothing about Wandell Robinson. And we also received a super chat just now. So I'll, I'll jump to it right now. We have some other ones that were, kind of backlogged we'll, we'll get to those um esmon abda costa acosta says please look into wandale robinson kentucky he's a freak used to be a, a running back converted to wide receiver early second round pick could be a super gadget guy maybe that is our uh, our debo samuel it's possible i don't know i don't like it i think you already kind of have that in elijah moore and braxton barry yeah. so i don't know if you need a I third agree. yeah i, I wouldn't yep. want to spend a high pick on that kind of player yeah. Unless that's what you want to do, you just want a whole bunch of speedy, crazy dudes running around. You know what I mean? I want, if that's your plan, I want guys <laughs> that can play every position all the time forever. I want yeah. no fatties. I want thick tight ends that can also block. That'll be all our offensive linemen. So that way, when we have those doinks off the back of an offensive lineman's head, we got some hands there to <laughs> yeah. catch that pass. Love it. And uh, some quickness that'll get there. 
Yeah, I would you know, say a running back yeah. converted to wide receiver is is not someone that is is super high up on my list. But I'll be honest, I, not high up on my list. But I'll be honest, I do not know anything about him. So I'm I'm purely going on uh, on uh, gut right there. Uh, William F drops in the super chat says, "Would you be fine with Ojibo out of Michigan if the Jets trade back from four? I want Nicobe Dean or Lloyd at ten. Lloyd is the Utah linebacker, Nicobe Dean, the Georgia linebacker. I am a hundred percent on the Nicobe Dean train at 10. I have no problem taking him there. If that's the pick, um, I would be fine with trading down and getting Ojibo in some capacity. Uh, I have heard rumors that because of his, um, style of play, he fits more with the stand up outside linebacker mm. version of the three, four, which has me a little concerned. Cause I, I do really like him a lot. Um, but if that's the case, you don't want to draft a guy that's not a scheme fit. But if you could talk to me about a, an edge from uh, the edge from FSU, I've heard a lot about. I have not watched any tape on him. I want to say it's Jackson is the last name. I could be wrong on that, um, but I'll have to watch a little bit of tape. But I'm fine with Edge and Dean and Lloyd. I think you're infusing a ton of talent on the defensive side of your ball, especially if you wind up going out and signing someone like Dalton Schultz for the offensive, uh, you know, for tight end in free agency. Um, that's kind of where I'd probably go that route. Greenbean, what are your thoughts on Ojibo out of Michigan if the Jets trade back? And uh, he says he wants Dean or Lloyd at 10. Well, I know I heard the same. I read something last week that talked about uh, him being more Ojibo, that is being projected to be uh, a 3-4 outside mm -hmm. linebacker too. I forget, I forget where that was. Um, but yeah, and that's concerning. So like, uh, again, and two, he's on the line with Hutchinson. You always got to be careful with, you know, the other guy on, on teams like that. Like we want a guy who's the guy, and I'm not saying that he's not just saying there are reasons to just have pause, uh, there now. I, and then you got to compare, like when you're talking about the 10th overall pick is Ojibo better than Enigbarry or whatever, forget how you say his name. Or there's 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 a, or Drake Jackson and and then those types of guys that you more than likely can get with your first or second. Don't forget we have two high seconds, man. Like we're done picking in the second round by 38, so we can get some premium guys who slip. So maybe you can get a Drake Jackson with pick 35 as opposed to using 10 on Ojabo. And like that's the kind of stuff you have to to weigh out. Um, you know, take those guys up top that you feel like you can't get later. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that also speaks volumes to Hutchinson as well, as much as a lot of people really want Aiden Hutchinson with having Ojibo on the other side, like you got two guys you got to worry about. I think that's why people do like Kayvon Thibodeau the most because he, not the most, but a lot because he is the guy. And I think that speaks volumes for Carl Loftus because I do think he is the guy um, yeah. on that Purdue team versus, you know, some other guys. Matt, what are your thoughts on Ojibo out of Michigan and trading back from four? Um, Ojibo, I don't like as a fit because I, I think he's more of a stand up rusher than put your hand in the dirt rusher. Um, so good player, but don't think he is a scheme fit for the jets. Um, I like, I like Nicobe Dean a lot. Um, I, I it would be hard for me to be upset if that was the pick for them. Uh, he's just looks like an absolute beast. Um, I'm not opposed to trading out of four either. It really depends on how the board breaks and what you know, offers we're getting here. I don't want to go down super far, but I'm not opposed to moving back. Uh, who else we got? Uh, taps any button. Thank you for the super chat. He says, personally, I want to use a, use the fourth on O-line with Evan Neal and then 10 on a center Linderbaum 
Oh, I also want to add a running back, prefer- preferably a power running back. Um, I'll be honest, I, I disagree entirely. I would have no problem using one of our firsts on an offensive line, but I do not want to use two. Um, and as much as I really like Linderbaum, I would probably be a little frustrated because I would rather I would rather utilize those two premium assets in another position and take the second or third center, like a Patterson out of Notre Dame, in the second or third round. Um, so I would say if I had to go offensive line in the beginning of the draft, Neil and Icky out of NC State are the two that I'm looking at just because of the versatility. Neil has played guard. He has played right tackle. He's played left tackle. Icky has played guard, has played tackle as well. Um, and I think there's probably some really valuable um, versatility there, especially with an offensive line that has had some issues staying healthy. Um, that said, look, if we take Linderbaum, I think the guy's elite. I think he is generational as far as centers go. It's just a really – really outrageously high draft pick to take one at. Um, Matt, can you give me your thoughts on Neil and, and Linderbaum? Uh, I love Linderbaum, but I, I at this point, I think with McGovern, how strong he came on at the end of the year, um, I think I'm good with running it back with him, even though he's annoying. Um, I, I'm, I'm good with Neil too, because what I like with him is his versatility. Uh, I feel like he's someone who could start at guard in year one. And then if, fant leaves in free agency then you kick him out to tackle on i think he'd be good at you know both positions uh and it gives you insurance in case injuries do become an issue with makai becton um so then he could be your franchise you know tackle on that side and keep you know resign fant or whatever you want to do um but i just think it gives you insurance i would rather kneel over linderbaum at this point um and especially with the the needs the jets have i don't think it's possible to uh, go to offensive linemen in the first round. I think that's a bit much. Uh, and you could definitely find a power runner on day three. Um, I think the running back out of Cincinnati, uh, Ford, is a, is a nice find in like the fifth round. Rebe, what about you? How do you feel about Neil and Linderbaum? Uh, you know, well, well, this sounds very, very familiar to me. This reminds me of the first mock draft of the whole season by our <laughs> boy O'Leary. But this is uh, that was uh, inspired by a no. treacherous uh, offensive line play at the time. Remember that? I was psyched about it. Like Neil? Neil? Was, was Neil oh yeah, was the top no, pick? I thought you went. Neil was first. second, right? Weren't you Linderbaum no. first, and then and then Neil? Uh, I don't remember. It was the opposite. I de- I definitely <laughs> had. I know I definitely had Linderbaum in there, but again, like that. That's people are going to point back to that, and I I get it. Like it, it totally makes sense. But that a lot's changed since the end of yeah, September yeah. to now. You know, <laughs> totally. And I'm just busting your balls. Oh, of course. But uh, you know, but uh, but yeah, I don't think uh, I, I'm not even in favor of using one first round pick on an offensive lineman. I I really like some second, third, and fourth round guys, and I think that's where we can put it up. You know, start to I think that's where we should focus. Like Joe Campione in the chat put up a stat. He said, you know, uh, success rates for offense, interior offensive linemen in the first round versus the second round. First round is 70, second round is 60%. So, like, they're right in the same pocket. You just got to know who you're picking. You got to know if it's a fit for our team. And if you want to take Jarrett Patterson uh, from Notre Dame with the, you know, for if you want to get that center, move McGovern over to guard or whatever, that's all great. I really just don't want to see us do that in the first round. Like, we at some point, 
We have to start being able to use our mid-round picks for that for, for that offensive line. And we got to start spreading first-round talent around the team. Like, all we have since Joe Douglas has got here is Mekhi Becton, AVT, and Zach Wilson. Now, it's great. I'm really happy with all that stuff. But at the same time, we we, we, we got to get some edge in here. We got to get some, even if it's a cornerback, you know, linebackers. Like, we need some premium talent. So I would, now, let me just say this. If they did this and just said, hey, we don't care what anybody thinks, we want Zach protected, I respect it. I understand. I'm not going to cry. It's not like during Mike McCagnan's drafts when I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, that's how I felt a lot of the time. I wouldn't feel like that. At the same time, I don't see this happening, and I think that's probably for the best. Uh, Prod, JDA, thank you so much for the Super Chat, says, could be dumb. If AB would shut the fuck up, would you want him? No. No. But let me let me just go through this because I, I had a lot of comments on my Calvin Ridley video just kind of comparing the mental health and everyone's saying, hey, we don't want an Antonio Brown situation. Let me show you what Antonio Brown – I came across this thread on Reddit, and this tells it all. Here's the list from Antonio really Brown. Cal- uh, let, let's, let's say this. Calvin Ridley has had one situation where he has talked about mental health and he had to step away from the team. Antonio Brown kicked out of FIU after fighting with a security guard. He had the don't touch me, I'm the franchise moment. Second year in the league, he took a personal stretch limo to a charity event, opened it up, uh, every single bottle of wine, rejected it, refused to pay for it. Uh, he threw fits over not getting enough targets, drove 100 miles an hour down McKnight Road in Pittsburgh, which has a 45-mile-an-hour speed limit, trashed a condo and threw furniture out a 14th-floor window, almost hitting people, most notably a child, killed uh, a home aquarium full of piranhas and refused to pay the man who installed the tank, refused to play Week 17 for the Steelers, dyed his mustache blonde, which isn't really that weird, but it's a little weird. Uh, refused That's to it. Play. I know, right? I'm just reading off the list, right? I'm, I'm, I'm Ron Burgundy reading off the teleprompter right now. Uh, refused to pay a chef because he didn't, uh, or because he thought he threatened him by placing a fish head in the freezer. The fish head was saved for a soup. He farted on a doctor, demanded a trade from the Steelers, became Mr. Big Chest, threw a fit over Juju winning team MVP and trashed him on social media, allegedly nixed a trade that would have sent him to Buffalo, showed up to the Raiders training camp in a hot air balloon, held out and refused to show up to training camp because the NFL would not approve his helmet because it's too old for their safety standards, froze his feet, tried to <laughs> paint over his old helmet, hoping no one would notice, acquired a new version of the same model of helmet, which the NFL refused to let him use, picked a new helmet and finally showed up to the Raiders, got fined by the Raiders for not attending camp, tweeted the fines that he got, tried to fight Mike Mayock, called him a cracker, and held him... Uh, uh, had to be held back by Vontez Burfecht, then punted the football down the practice field and said, find me for that, got fined for that, <laughs> released a video where he used audio of John Gruden, who didn't know he was being recorded, which is illegal in California, um, demanded his release from the Raiders, was released. Uh, Grandma, I'm free, fly like I'm free, was the tweet he had. Made a crazy, uh, made a lot of crazy tweets uh, saying stuff like, the devil is a lie, a proverb, about burning down a village. He made a lot of crazy tweets around this time. Uh, liked a tweet about Mayock getting raped in the ass, signed with the Patriots, moved mm. in with Tom Brady, had sexual assault allegation uh, come out, the one where he's getting sued, had sexual harassment allegations come out, the one where he's not getting sued, 
threatened the woman not suing him in a group text that included his lawyer uh, and a picture of her kids in the text, got released by the Patriots after one week, went off on a tweet storm, uh, and said a lot of crazy stuff about a lot of people supporting uh, whatever, detailing sexual allegations. Uh, said he was done with the NFL, went back to college via online class, tried to outsource his homework on Twitter, wants to come back to the NFL, filed several grievances for more than $40 million from the Raiders and Patriots, was ordered to show up to a deposition regarding the trashing of the condo. I, I mean, look, I'm only halfway through this, and there's like way more. I'm going to I'm gonna yeah. burn through all my airtime. Like, fuck Antonio Brown. I want no part of him. Yeah. Don't compare his mental health status with anyone else. Get the fuck out of here. Prod JDA, I'm not saying you get the hell out of here. But dude, no. this guy's Looney Tunes. No. Yeah. Like, I don't know how... How could we compare, like, I don't know. We don't know what Calvin Ridley's going through, but, like, depression and anxiety is not the same as what, what Antonio Brown's dealing with. Like, the ignorance in the comments is just crazy on some of the, these takes. It's just, I don't know. Antonio Brown's just a douchebag. Like, I, I there's... Yeah, no, that's what... Right. Like, that's it. Like, that's... That's it. That's, there's nothing the more. Point. He's a dick. Yeah. Dude, he, he... And look, what he did in the, in the Tampa Bay Jets game... Was that's Bruce Arians, dude? That's Byron Leftwich. Like they are respected coaches. They're not known as blowhards. They're not like you know, dude. They their their reputations are in are in check. Like they're not in question. He decided to take off his clothes and run down the sideline in the middle of a game, dude. The guy's just an asshole, and it's about time that people stop rewarding him for this behavior he's talking about next year it's on and all dude nobody the fact that colin kaepernick can't get a job and this guy keeps getting a job is is ridiculous you know like he's nothing but a problem remember the cryogenic foot thing what the hell was that you know so yeah the matt nailed it the guy's a jerk he's a dick he's a he's an ass that's what he is yeah or maybe you said it one of you guys <laughs> thomas cahill drops in the super chat says take garrett wilson at 10 call it a day um I agree, but do you, do you know anything about Garrett Wilson? Matt and I both kind of feel he's similar to Elijah Moore, and I don't think I'd probably go. Um, I don't think I'd go that route. Uh, what would you say to that? Um, yeah, no, it's not. That's not the way I want to go. I mean, I'm like I said, like Matt is in favor of a wide receiver. There, I want a wide receiver too. I would prefer to be a second round pick. Now, if you're gonna take a first round receiver. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I like him more than Olavi. I mean, they're they're different. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I just maybe he's. I wouldn't. That's not me. Uh, Dom C, brother, what's up, dude? Good to have you back on here. Uh, Dom C says Neil is the big name. Icky may be the better pro. Day one right guard with ability to kick out to right tackle if we need after fans contract is done. That's what I've heard a lot of people say. Um, I've. I've seen Neil ranked anywhere from top three down to like 10 to 15. It's, it's very odd. Um, oh, dropping my headphones. Very odd dynamic mm. uh, with this whole uh, offensive line situation. But Icky, having the flexibility to go to a bunch of different positions, I think for me is incredibly valuable, uh, which is the same value that I, I thought Neil had as well with his ability to switch different positions. Uh, Greenbean, have you done any research on Icky or Neil, and how do you feel about it? Uh, very little, but that's funny that Dom says that because I just read something today uh, that said this, low key 
he might be the real best tackle in the draft, even though he's projected uh, kind of like a guard or anything. You know, I mean, it depends on the team that drafts him. Um, but they're saying low key, he might be the real best lineman in the draft. Um, and I think that's interesting because that's the kind of stuff that we start to see right now. Remember with, with the four tackles a couple of years ago it was Andrew Thomas. He was a lock all season. And then as soon as the off season started coming, you started hearing Mackay Becton, Tristan Wirfs, Jared, or, you know, Wills. And, and so I think it could be some of that stuff, but, um, either way, no matter which one you like better, it does kind of soften the idea of not taking, not panicking and taking a tackle uh, up in the top of the draft. It's just like, okay, well, these guys are going to be there a little bit later. Um, so, yeah, I think it's interesting. I, I love this stuff. I love all the, all the sneaky opinions that come out right now and all the stuff you learn. Like, this is it. This is, this is the beginning, and I'm so happy we're here. <laughs> Matt, what are your thoughts on Icky versus Neil? Uh, I like both players a lot. So, like, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like you can't go wrong. Like, if someone says they prefer Icky over Neil, like, okay, I get it. I I think both players are – I don't know if they'll both go in the top five, but I think they are both top five talents. Uh, and they both are versatile where they can play either tackle or guard. So, uh, I don't think they last past, I don't know, the Giants. Were they picking mm-hmm. at five and seven? I don't think they get past seven, either of them. Interesting. Do you think – both won't get passed or do you think uh one will be taken by one of those teams and one will fall further no both will be gone i think one of them will be a top four pick and the other will be seven interesting i think that uh, you're probably right I, I i would have thought maybe somewhere in the top 10 but it's so early on in this process we haven't had pro days we haven't had combine it's it's really tough to kind of gauge it uh chris bradigan Thank you so much for the super chat. He says, who are you guys looking for in free agency? This is a tough question to ask, but I'll say this. I would say I would strongly look into a trade for a wide receiver. We have the money. I'd rather spend the money on a top weapon while Zach is on his rookie contract, Um, whether that be wide receiver or maybe some other position. But I do think some high contract guys are probably worth bringing in right now while we have our young guy. that being said, tight end is 100% where I would throw a lot of money at. Dalton Schultz, I think yep. by yeah. uh, spot track, is projected a $12.3 million deal. I don't know where that ranks as far as tight end contracts go, but go get your tight end. Look, this is an offense that is predicated largely on how well the tight end plays. I think you go out and you get your guy. Uh, I would look at a lot of different other positions. I would strongly consider safety because – I would like to utilize our top pick somewhere else other than Hamilton. Um, it's not that I don't like Hamilton, but I think I would prioritize other positions first. If they deem he's generational, then maybe that's a different story. Um, but Schultz is definitely top on the list. There's a few guys at guard that I would consider, especially with LDT possibly not coming back uh, in the fold. I think that's that's going to be an area of concern. Um and then maybe you look at linebacker. There's a linebacker uh, from Atlanta that I would like to target because he was under Jeff Ulbrich the last three years or four years, I believe. Um, name is escaping me right now, but that is someone that I would very much like to uh, consider in free agency. Uh, Greenbean, what are your thoughts about free agency and who are you looking at? I like the I like the tight end uh, from Dallas. I you know what I'm hoping that if they're going to go cornerback. 
if they're like, look, if they want to just keep this group together, fortify the edge and, and get some safeties and just keep them together. I'm, I'm in favor of that. I don't think that they're going to all ultimately be here long-term as our starters, but if they want to do that for one more year, I'd be fine with it. But if they are going to bring in a cornerback, I would prefer for it to be a vet. Uh, the guy from Tampa Bay is somebody I was looking at. Um, so that I, I just, his name is escaping me right now. And I for, forgive me. Um, but yeah, so I would like to see a cornerback. I like the I like the tight end from Dallas. I don't love Njoku. I know he's one of your faves, Ryan. I just feel like, um, Oh, tight end. Look, tight end is one of my faves. It doesn't have to be Njoku. It doesn't have to be Howard. It doesn't mm, have to be Earth. It doesn't have to be gotcha. Kaziki. It doesn't have to be Schultz, but like Schultz would right. probably be number one. Yeah. Well, you know how I feel about tight end. I'm all over it. I've been screaming it for years. Um, so anyway, I, I think that we're going to see Joe Douglas spend a little bit more on maybe a little bit more premium types of free agents this year because we have our quarterback. So we're in that window right now. We have 70 million. Um, I think we're going to see a little bit more uh, of the three to four year contracts and a little bit higher um, you know, contract rate. I think we're going to see that this year, but I'm thinking cornerback and tight end. I still want to draft a tight end high. Uh, and I think that would be good. Like a Yoboa, a Trey McBride and Schultz, I think would be fantastic. Man. And would it be nice to get JC Jackson from <laughs> New England? I would absolutely love that. <laughs> Matt, what are your thoughts on free agency? Uh, I'll give you the I'll give you two guys who I really want one on each side and they're both the the big ticket guys and then you got to find some depth beyond that but on defense Marcus Williams I think Ooh, would I be a, 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 a perfect fit he's only 25 years old he's from the same cl draft class as Marcus May if I'm not mistaken but is like four years younger than he is um, he's a really good tackler has 16 interceptions in his career to only 10 touchdowns allowed. Um, no penalties this year. He, I would break the bank for him for a safety, but um, I don't know, like $14 million, maybe around that range. I think he would be worthwhile because of his age, not like uh, Marcus May, who's quickly approaching 30. Um, and then for offense, it, it's Dalton Schultz. He, it has to be him. Um, I understand that there are other tight ends. Uh, Mike Giusecki, I see all the time in the comments, uh, and I get it. He's a, He's a big name guy. But he can't block. He's basically a big wide receiver that plays in the slot. Um, I, I don't think he'd be a fit. Uh, I'm not an OJ Howard or David Njoku guy either. I think it's uh, Dalton Schultz. I think it's maybe Zach Ertz. I think it's maybe um, Robert Tunyon as a backup plan. But um, I, I'm, I'm very much in the camp of signing one and drafting a tight end. I think you have to rebuild that room. All right, AJ drops in the super chat. Says, "What do you think about Yaboa? Let's let's throw it to Greenbean. Greenbean, how do you feel about Yaboa after this year? I love it. I think he's done a good job, man. Like I think you could have started him all year. I mean, I don't think that the, you know, the production of Griffin and all that is is enough that you could justify not throwing him out there when we had all the other kids running around. Um, but I do understand that we had enough kids running around. Give Zach some vet." presence and i do understand it and it's fine but i think kenny aboa um look he was on the practice squad we had some injuries they moved him up as like insurance for a while he really had a positive impact on special teams did well on special teams and then he got some offensive reps and made good nothing mind-blowing 
but he did well. He made good with it. And I think, you know, uh, a, a year in our offseason program, no draft, no combines, all that sort of stuff. I think it's going to be good for him. And I think next year he'll be able to compete for the, you know, one of the backup two or three uh, tight ends. And like, we'll just watch this guy slowly develop into a, a solid tight end for us. I think it's done well and he should be counted uh, in the group that could make the, you know, make this positional group strong. Now, am I thinking he should be our starter right away? Probably not. I, I would like to see a vet that has more ability than Ryan Griffin and Tyler Croft. Like with all due respect to those guys, I think they try hard and all that stuff, uh, but they can go and let's bring in a Schultz and let's bring in another draft pick. So we have a second year guy, a vet and a, and a rookie in here. I think that would be fantastic, but I like Yabo. I think he did well. Uh, ZZ Gable drops in with Super Chat, says, Devil's Advocate, why not spend money on a safe, established wide receiver like Mike Williams and draft a stud tight end or even two, McBride, Ruckert, Kolar, Ferguson? Uh, Mike Williams is a fantastic wide receiver, but his injury history concerns me. I think because of the injuries we've had over the course of the last two years specifically where we've led the league in injuries, um, I would err on the side of caution and would not go with Mike Williams. Um, drafting a, a stud tight end is high up on my priority list. I do think I would like to add one in free agency. So if we can get Schultz and McBride in, in, uh, the draft, hundred percent, I'm all on board. Greenbean, your thoughts on Mike Williams or a safe wide receiver? Um, why not spend the money on a safe established wide receiver like Mike Williams? Well, we kind of did that last year. Uh, with bringing in uh, Corey Davis, so I, I don't, I don't know, man. I think that we should bring in a wide receiver, um, you know. And look, we got it. Looks like we're gonna have to replace Mims as well. So that kind of young developing guy is. It looks like he's not gonna be a part of it, which is unfortunate. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think you you can bring in a you know a safe wide receiver. I think that would be smart. Somebody that is healthy most of the time. I think like if they're healthy and their drops are low. I think that would be what I'm looking for from the wide receiver and free agency. Matt, what about you? How do you feel about a receiver and free agency? Um, I don't know. Like Mike Williams doesn't really move the needle enough for me. I think he's fine, but it would be like bringing in Corey Davis, um, which again, like if they didn't just do that last year, maybe, but it's, I don't, I don't think he's a high enough ceiling guy where it's going to make, you know, make or break this wide receiver room. Yeah, that's, that's kind of my my thoughts as well. Uh, Marcus Metcalf drops in with Super Chat. Says, Burks is a freak. Played outside in the slot and jet sweeps. Big hands. Great yak. Great 50-50 balls. Eight receptions. 172 yards. Two touchdowns versus Bama with no number two wide receiver. Look, I'm right there with you. I think Burks is incredible. I would yeah. 100%, 100% spend the number 10 pick on him. No questions asked. Uh, I do want to see where he ends up shaking out as far as draft picks goes, because there's a real situation where if Thibodeau and and Hutchinson are gone, maybe we don't like uh, what we see in Karloftis. You trade out, you get a first for next year, and then you wind up pulling the trigger on someone like Burks and Nicobe Dean, and I think our team is way better and then has two first-round picks next year. Uh, so I have no problem taking Burks whatsoever, uh, Marcus. Greenbean, your thoughts on Traylon Burks? Well, I think of Traylon Burks as Matt's guy. That's for that's where it sits in my brain. Uh, I wasn't really keyed in on him, and Matt said some positive stuff, and I and I looked into him. 
he might be the guy I like the best uh, in the draft. But um, again, I'm I'm not really looking for a first round wide receiver. And look, that can all change. You know, like we have a long time to go. But for me, uh, I like what Matt said about him. I looked into him, and uh, and I think he's pro- so far he might be my favorite wide receiver in the draft and somebody I'd love to grab. Matt, what about you? How you feeling about Traylon Burks? Yeah, I think this is what the the kind of receiver the Jets need a a, a big body physical receiver who would be a, le- a legitimate red zone threat uh, could actually win 50 50 balls what we what we were hoping Denzel Mims was going to develop into I think this guy could be that and at a higher ceiling so um, I, I agree he is a freak uh, he no one should be that big and run like he does and it, it's impressive um, let's see do I got anyone else in here I don't think I do but look, hey, with what he pulled up from – or what he did against Alabama is definitely encouraging. you got to figure they have starters that are going to be NFL-caliber players, probably three deep on that team. Uh, let's see. I had a picture I wanted to show you guys, totally unrelated from football. That's oh. where we've hit this part of the stream. Uh, Matt, I'm going to ask you to pull up last week's stream. And Greenbeam, can you pull up yesterday's Monday stream? Uh, for Holy the shit, it's Jets? almost 10 o'clock. I oh. know, right? That's exactly what I thought. Wait, um, sorry. Did you say last week's stream or yesterday's stream? Uh, Greenbeam, yesterday's, Matt's, last week's. Okay. Um, so I want to show you guys something. And this is kind of cool. Um, so I, over the course of winter break and, and New Year's – winter break i work sort of so uh for those of you that don't know becca and i are having a baby girl come june yeah very excited about it uh she's going to be my co-pilot but we're working on the nursery right now so this is let's see if i could show you this is what our nursery or this is the before of becca's office um let's see if i can make sure i'm not swiping to a nude (laughs) okay so that's that's the before your boy got a miter saw and some tools. Bam! Look at that. Uh-huh. I got the green in there. See, that's what happens. You, you got to talk up the jets, and then you get the green. You get that little bit of like a uh, – this is called herringbone. 30-degree cuts right there. See? Miter saw, baby. You know you know what they call that, Ryan? <laughs> uh, being a dad? No, <laughs> yeah, they call it your, your nesting. You're building the nesting. nest. Uh, it's very real. It's very real. Oh. You start oh, to think sure. about that stuff. You want to prepare for the for the child. You want to do all that. That just happens. Isn't it crazy? Oh, it's fantastic. One of the things, so for those of <laughs> you that don't know, I work in golf and normally I get laid off for the winter and I, I make videos and I talk football and I do all that. Well, they wanted me to work for the winter because it was tough getting employees and everything. So I was like, oh no, I got to work. <laughs> well, just got laid off today. So I'm very, or yesterday for today, very excited. Um, get to make content for all you lovely people out there, but I also get to work on a bathroom. So your boy gets to get like a jackhammer, take it down to the studs and the plywood. And man, I am all sorts of excited to buy there some <laughs> Fun. <laughs> oh, it's, it's kind of stupid, I guess, but whatever. I have fun with it. Um, guys in the chat, we are towards the end of our stream. If you can get us, let's get us over 300 uh likes get us over 300 likes i'm gonna pick two more qualifiers for this t-shirt giveaway if you can get us up over 300 we have almost 500 people in the stream we have over 500 across all the platforms 
right now. Uh, Greenbean, if you're on that video, can you let us know where you're at uh, and give me five names that we can pick as qualifiers? Sure, I'm ready. All right, hold on. Nightbot's going to throw a name at me real quick, and it looks like we're going to get over 300, so I'll have Nightbot <clears throat> queue up another one as well. Um, all right, so, oh, Dom C. Dom C gets qualified. I love nice. It. Uh, and then we hit over 300. Man, see, you guys are good. When you guys want to get a T-shirt, you wind up throwing likes down there. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are the best chat. There's not too many chats I like. This one. <laughs> this one's the best. Uh, D impossibles. D impossibles. Okay, so right now I have Randy Martinez, Liberal Irishman, Jets Forever, Jerome Stacks, uh, Strax, Julio Rivera, Donald June, Mr. Magics, My Lawrence 24, Joe Campone, Tony Perez, Michael V. Basso, Yoshi, Dom C, and D Impossibles as our qualifiers. Greenbean, can you give me five names? I can. We have Chrono Kenny, C H, Chrono Kenny. Okay. We have Josh Scott. Okay. We have that reptile guy. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All one word. Uh, you have Eric Craig, Eric with a C. Okay. And then this one I'm pulling out because I like it. Eternally cursed. One word. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, Matt, give me your five names. Okay. Um, I just had a funny one, but it went away. Okay, here we go. White ghost and a Malaysian. <laughs> White ghost and Malaysian. Yep. Uh, Jesus Flores. All right. Uh, Derek Luker. Derek Luker. Um, I do want to point out. Uh, Jesus Flores feels like it probably should be Jesus, but it's all right. I, I don't Jesus. Know. Jesus sounds better. All right, go. <laughs> um, let's see. Jacob Booth. All right. And one uh, more. Tony Banks. Tony Banks. Man, I had just enough space on my sticky note right now. Um, real quick, we got Marty Thompson coming in with Super Chat. says, Aussie Jet back mate he's watching this upside down uh he says aussie jet is back kingsley and graber a must in the second round i don't know who that is marty sorry green b matt do either of you guys know who uh and graber yeah yeah that was a guy that was the guy i mentioned earlier uh yeah he's good i it's a pass rusher and um he's somebody like when we talk about a uh ojabo um, it's, it's one of those things where I don't know if Ojabo, even though he's the name up, you know, after the top three, I don't know if he's better than, than that guy that met, you know, they mentioned for us too. He's a hand in the dirt guy. Um, so defensive end, if I remember correctly, but yeah, I watched the, I watched the full game on him, uh, maybe a week or a week and a half ago. And I'm, I like him. I might like him more than Ojabo. Ooh, okay. So your boys gotta, gotta do a little bit of research. All right, boys and girls, let's get ready for some odds or evens. So three, two, one. All right, we got evens. Evens are going away. 
I like, I get so excited for odds and evens each week and it's kind of like totally, I, I don't know. It's not really like that exciting, but I get excited for it. All right, three, two, one. All right, we're going odds. Uh, see, this is how we pick people for this giveaway. Oh no, Dom, see, you're gone. Oh no, the reptile guy's gone. No. Oh, I was I was rooting for him. All right, three, two, one. Seven odds. Whew, words are hard tonight, boys. All right, we're down to three names. We got Mr. Magics, Chrono Kenny, and Jacob Booth. Three, Ooh. two. Ooh, you know what? Hold on. Let's do one from the chat as well. Let's do one from the chat plus us. First number in the chat plus us. Three, two, one. Ten. And we got a five. We're going odds. Mr. Magics is gone. Jacob Booth is gone. Chrono Kenny. Chrono Kenny, thank you so much oh, for yeah. commenting, hanging out with us all the time. Chrono Kenny, you're going to be qualified or not qualified. You have been selected as our T-shirt giveaway oh. winner. Just reach out to me on my social media platforms. We'll make sure we get you a T-shirt. Uh, anyone from the Jets Talk store will do you. And we're excited. All sorts of excited. But we have reached the end of our stream. Boys and girls, let's go around our panel and give our closing thoughts. Green Bean, talk to me, brother. Uh, yeah, another good show. Sorry about the, the, the skitzy internet in the beginning. I'm glad we got past it. Uh, we're doing the 1030 After Hours Jets Fest over on Green Bean Jets Fan on YouTube. In just a few minutes, we'll have our two-hour After Hours show. Uh, I hope you guys can make it. It's a good time. So I meant to bring this up earlier. Uh, Pat Dunn says, great show. RIP Don Maynard. Seriously, biggest condolences to the family. Uh, right. Great Jet, longtime Jet. Um, unfortunately, no longer with us. Uh, Matt, any closing thoughts for us here? Yes, great show as always. I look forward to it every Tuesday. Uh, if you guys haven't already, if you could check out the Fixing the Jets video I did today, it would really mean a lot. A lot of research went into it. So uh, if you guys could go in there, give it a thumb up, share with a friend. It'd really mean a lot. And uh, Just Jets tomorrow. I love it. Boys and girls, I love hanging out with you. Green Bean and Matt, I love hanging out with you guys. I cannot wait till next week already. Is it Tuesday? Is it Tuesday yet? Boys <laughs> and girls, it's been a lot of fun hanging out with you. Make sure you tune in to all our draft news, our senior bowl news, our free agent news, all that good stuff. Boys and girls, my name's Ryan. I've been your pilot. This is Jets Talk signing off. Drink.